So when I realized God was for me, that he heard me, a lot of that doubt goes away. So when you sit with God, he is going to show himself to you. He's going to, he doesn't have to prove himself to you, but he wants you to believe in him. So he's going to show you little by little that I'm here and I got you, girl. <laughs> I got you, guy. And then you can yeah. rely on him even more. And that's what he wants us to do. Just lean on him a little bit more. Hello, beautiful people. It's your host, Danielle Mason, bringing you authentic conversation, transparency around real life experiences, and actionable tips to create your next breakthrough today. Think of this as your home away from home healing oasis where we overshare and overcome obstacles together. Pull up a seat, come as you are, and be ready to leave feeling challenged to reflect, encouraged to take action, and inspired to change. This is the Blackout to Breakthroughs podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. Today I have a sweet friend of mine, Letitia Graves Nash. And it's so cool because she's, I think, maybe the second person that I've interviewed that I've actually met in person. And the topic that we're talking about today is going to be so powerful. She has so much substance to her testimony. Whenever I met her, it was her vulnerability that really drew me near to her. As she was sharing bits and pieces of her story, I was like, oh my gosh, you need to talk to the Blackouts to Breakthroughs family. And I knew I had to get her in front of you guys so she can just share her story and the things that she's walked through because there's so much wisdom through it. I'm just so excited to have you on the show, Letitia. It has been remarkable even just to meet you in the community that we're in at Word of Life. I do believe it was it was a connection that was made only through God. And it's just amazing how just that connection was formed. And I thank God for it every single opportunity that I've had at Word of Life. So it's amazing. I'm glad to be yep. here. Thank you for asking. Yes, it truly was like so divine. I'm so excited. Whenever I met you, I could tell like you just spoke with elegance and you just had a lot of, I just keep saying like this word wisdom and this this light about you. And so whenever you sent me over your bio and just the things that you've done, I mean, you're the author of Enough, The Psalm of Love, Pain and Restoration, co-founder of Mom and Daughter Marching Against Depression, and then also co-founder of EnoughGirlGetUp.com. And doing all this while you're a wife and mother of three, it's just so inspiring because I feel like you, I know it's tough for sure, but you walk with so much grace and this peace over you. And I would just love for you to slightly introduce yourself a bit just so they can know more about you because there's just so much more about you than things that you've accomplished. Right. So I am Dr. Letitia Graves Nash. I am, as she said, the author of Enough, The Sums of Love, Pain, and Restoration. And that book is mostly about just surviving domestic violence, surviving the ways of life when it comes to relationships and raising families in relationships that you're not adequately ready for. However, it took me literally dying to myself in that book and living through God, sitting with his words, sitting with him majority of the time to, just to get that restoration. The words, girl, get up, we actually came from my 14-year-old and that was a part of our adversity that we were down. We were depressed because we had lost so many different people. So we took that phrase and it was just like, I've had enough. 
I've had enough of life kind of coming at us and saying that we're not this and we're not enough. And we kind of walked in that. We walked in knowing that we were actually enough, no matter who we were and what we were going through. God reminded us that you are not dead. You are alive. So he closed everything off. He separate, separated us from everything in the world. And at, at that time, I think we were going through COVID. And when I say he separated us from the world, it was that time where he said, it's time to get up. And when we got up, we got up running, we got up motivating, we got up inspiring, we got up taking our journey to the next level and kind of helping others through theirs. I am a tennis coach at the local high school and I teach accelerated biology. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I keep trying to run away from teaching um, really? <laughs> and the doors keep opening saying, come on back, we need you back. So I am still teaching high school and Heinz Community College, and I love every minute of it. I have a 19-year-old son. I think you saw him earlier. He is my business partner as well. I can tell. He's a teacher. <laughs> he loves to model. Um, and also my daughter, who's 14, she's the co-founder of Moms and Daughters Marching Against Depression. And um, my eight-year-old, is she's a journal writer, so she likes to draw. So to get through her situation, to get through her um, adversity, she drew pictures. So we started a journal for her and it's, it's called Journey's Journey. And it kind of helps young children who are going through divorce or depression or any type of hardship. And we just teach them how to draw their way to their happiness. It's remarkable. It's making such a, a huge change. And she's doing it in her classrooms every day. So that's who we are. That is amazing. I mean, what I'm just so curious in is like with each of your children, you've turned and you've you've partnered with them to help them create different things, to help them create businesses and organizations. Like how did that come to be? Because I mean, I think that's so cool of you taking, you know, their talents and you're, you're identifying their talents and you're helping them develop in that and saying it's okay to express yourself through this way and to communicate how you feel through that way. I mean, that's so beautiful. And I feel like so important because we don't normally get that as, as kids or even right. adults of like, it's okay for you to express your feelings with the way that you know how to and teaching them how to do that. How did you mm -hmm. Like, what was your thought process behind helping them grow yeah. and, and, and find these, co-find these organizations and businesses? Okay, so my children are the total opposite of me. I am a bit of an introvert, <laughs> but my kids, my children are all extroverts. So they're always going out into the crowd. And if they walk into a room not knowing anyone, they're going to walk out of the room knowing at least half those people. So they're always making people smile. They, it's, it's, it's their presence sometimes just changes the atmosphere in the room. So when I saw that my daughter was touching her friends, she was actually helping her friends through some of the same things that she was going through. So teaching her or, or allowing her to just be open and honest with herself, it allowed her to tell or to reach out to her friends to be that, to use that same strength. And when I noticed that she could make a difference, I said, how about you make a difference and actually put this to work? It was a, it's a nonprofit organization, so she's not getting paid for it, but it allows her to reach more people with an avenue of just saying, this is a business, this is what she do, and this is what she loves to do. And just the same thing with my son. He loves to model. So if he comes up with this inspirational saying, just God, 
he will put it, put that just got phrase on a t-shirt and he's going to model that t-shirt and have a, a couple of other people buy into that, that organization or that t-shirt because he believes, openly believes in God. The children openly believes in God. And that is in addition to what we want to, we want to bring people closer to who God is because sometimes we don't have, or some of us don't have the avenue to get to a church like word of life. We don't have the presence to get to a church like Word of Life. So if we can reach people where they are, reach the children where they are, then what we learn at the church where God has set us now, what we learn can now be presented to others where they are. So if they can't get to the church, if they can't get to the school, then here we are. We're going to come to you. So in the case where two of the children, they were ready to go. So now they're... (laughs) One around saying, girl, get up, girl, get up. You can get through this, girl, get up. So it's like, okay, let's make this a thing. (laughs) That's so amazing. And I mean, there's just you speaking that life into them, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's just so important and them believing that they can. I love that they have a mom like you as their example and their cheerleader through such an important age of life as they've also walked through those hard times too. And it's a beautiful reminder that we aren't defined by our situations and external circumstances, but by who we know we are to be in Christ. And that confidence and get up can start at a young age. And that leads me into what I want us to talk about next. I know you've gone through many wilderness seasons and the audience, people that are listening, they are also maybe experiencing a wilderness season of their own. They're feeling maybe alone or confused or maybe even also like a sense of just being lost and not understanding who they are. What would you tell that person in their wilderness season? What would what encouragement or I guess tips would you give that person to get through it? There is a reason for your wilderness. There is a reason for your valley. Sometimes I will tell people that if you're known for being strong, then that wilderness that you're in may not be for you. There's somebody watching you trying to get through it as well. And they want to see you survive. They want to see you push through it. I would not say that get through it for somebody else. But when you do three things, when you sit at God's feet, when you stand on God's promises, you can walk through your valley. You can walk through your wilderness. You can get to the other side. But if you sit with him, he's going to talk to you. He's going to tell you what to do. He's going to give you that peace. It's like the story of Mary and Martha. One of them would just, they they stayed busy all the time. I think that was one of the messages we heard recently. But it was Mary who just kind of sat there and she listened to his instructions. There's a reason for your wilderness. There's a reason for your valley. But while you're sitting in it, when you don't know what to do, when you don't even know what prayers to pray, when you don't know who to reach out to, That's when God is telling you just to sit with me and I'll show you what to do. I'll show you where to go. And when you know that, when you've heard God's word tell you that, he's going to say, get up. He's going to say, girl, get up. He's going to say, man, stand. He's going to say, now you are equipped with what I've given you. And when you know that for yourself, there is a sense of release, of freedom that comes over you and you're able to walk in his presence. You're able to walk in his promises and you're able to walk in your purpose. Because when you look back at your wilderness, 
you're going to say, why did I go through that? And this time you're going to have an answer because God would have gotten you through it. You didn't rely on anyone else. You didn't even rely on your own strength. So when God speaks to you, that is that time when you just sit and you listen. But when he say, get up, oh my, oh my. When he gets you up, he has equipped you with every piece of armor you're going to need to get through your wilderness. And at that point, you'll never, ever walk alone again. Okay, honestly, I feel like we can just stop the episode here because you just said everything. (laughs) But it makes me so excited for the rest of our conversation because I know we're just going to get deeper and get into really good stuff. I'm so happy to have you on the show. You said something that really stuck out to me, and it was how you know it for yourself. Like whenever you do sit at his feet and you sit in his presence, and this can look like you know, being in prayer, being in his word and sitting and listening and asking him to show you things. And he will ask him to speak to you and he will, and he'll give you wisdom and he'll equip you just like you said. But it's like this knowing for yourself, because you can sit and you can listen to hundreds of people talk about how they went through their struggles and went through their wilderness Mm -hmm. seasons and all the things that they have. But God has something specific for you and Mm -hmm. you need, you may need different things than your neighbor. You may need different things than us. Right. And so it's like a knowing for yourself. And that's so big. That's right. Um, That's right. What would you say? I mean, you look so young and I wouldn't even expect you to have three kids. Like, seriously, you like you glow. Oh, but, <laughs> um, we could probably talk about so many different seasons that you've gone through. But what would you say, like one of the biggest wilderness seasons or even a recent wilderness season that you went through that has shaped you into the woman that you are today? Oh, my God. Um, it, it, it was one of the hardest. So. In 2019, that was the introduction to my wilderness. And my mom passed. She passed from she passed from cancer. And she literally died in the next room next to me, hearing that that last breath. Um, and for a while at three o'clock, I, I kept hearing her voice. I kept hearing her say, I'm tired. And she asked God if she could keep going. Um it was that moment where I was introduced to my wilderness because I did not know I couldn't handle that. So a piece of me, when my mom passed, a piece of me passed as well. It was like six pieces of my puzzle and that the very final piece was now gone. And then right after my mom passed, the divorce or the separation of my, my marriage started to deplete and it came out of nowhere. And I said, wait a minute. God, you just took my mom from me. You just took my children's grandfather from them. And now you're going to strike me with this. And it was that moment. It happened in September. In October, God said, your marriage is going to bless others. And I got so angry with God. How is it going to bless others? And it's now like this. Like I have no one to lean on. I have no one. And he kept reminding me that you're not by yourself, but I felt by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that wilderness, that that wilderness was me physically sitting in the park, surrounded by flowers. And if you ever see a flower, it is always blooming. It has is full of life. So whatever I could sit with God in that garden, I went there. 
And that was my peace. I was breaking apart. I was dying not only in the inside, I was dying on the outside. I didn't know how to get back up anymore. I didn't know how to fight anymore. But every time I got up, after every, I'm going to say court case, after every attack, after every situation that was coming at my home, I had to go and sit with God. And that was the most humbling position for me. But the flowers around me gave me life. It took um, two years for me to find word of life because I was so convicted. I, I stayed where I was I, and I put into my head, God, you promised me this, so I'm not going to move. God, you promised me that, so I'm not going to move. But the longer I did not move, the harder my situation got, the more destructive people got around me. And I said, God, this can't be from you. Like, where do you want me to go? When I asked God, where do you want me to go? I got a flat tire. I was <laughs> heading in the wrong direction. <laughs> I was heading in the wrong direction when I got this flat tire. And I say, okay, let me go this way then. And as soon as I went the other way, someone came in and fixed my flat tire. And I oh. got to the place where he wanted me to go on time. So, and this, and this continued to happen over and over again. And I always say my blessings come in threes. So I got home and I got another flat tire and I said, all right, obviously I'm not doing something right. I don't want to, you don't want me to go here. So and I, at, at that time I was, I was going to a location where I was probably going to be attacked with something else. Mm -hmm. And that was how that coincidence, that, that blessing came, um, but here is where I met you. It was the third time that I got a flat tire. I had just been talked about. I had just been, now mind you, I'm standing on God's word. I'm preaching God's word. I'm, I'm not deviating from what God promised me. I'm here and I'm getting beat up <laughs> spiritually, emotionally, mentally. I'm getting beat up. And God said, I've given you strength to overcome that, but I'm not going to let them keep doing that to you. Mm -hmm. So I got a detour. I said, God, show me where you want me to go. And there was an accident directly in front of me that only gave me one way to go. And that was the word of very life. clear. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the word of life. So I, I got there. And when I got there, it was just even how I got to the ministry, freedom. I had been praying for just God, release me from this, this burden, release me from this mountain, release me from this wilderness. And I met her and she say, hi, I'm Mrs. King from Freedom. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I say, God, you are playing with me. Okay. All right. And I said, do you, I say, are you, are you really freedom. Like, are you over a group called freedom? Are you a minister? She was like, no, this is a freedom group. Like it's a, it's, it's an eight week process, 12 week process. And it's going to take you a minute to get through it. And it, it did it just dawn on me that days prior to meeting her, she said, I was told that you're in a spiritual warfare and it's going to take about eight weeks for you to get through it. And here it is. Miss King is telling me this program is eight weeks. When I say I walk through freedom, with freedom, with peace, as I was still walking through my wilderness, that's what God did for me. God put me in a place where he knew I was going to need community. 
I was going to need sisters and brothers who were going to hold my hands up and help me surrender it all to God and get me through where I needed to be. And that's what he did. So every opportunity I, I can remember, I just say, girl, get up. Because as long as you surrender it to God and forgive those who are after you, attacking you constantly, God is going to get you through it. And that's what he did. He got me through it. But he told me one thing at the end. He said, now you've been hurt. I've watched you heal. Now I need for you to go help. And I said, yes, sir. I am your vessel. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) No. Everything about that story, because I didn't even know the full story because I came like midway, but I could tell like God was doing working miracles in your life. That is so beautiful. It's crazy how God works and how he never leaves you, but you can feel this loneliness and like, I mean, he, he, it's just so evident. Like he cares about your character. He cares about the person you're becoming. He cares about you relying on him and a couple of, there's so much in your story, but I want to ask you, what do you, where do you feel like you would be if you didn't sit with God in those moments where you were being attacked? If I can say it as blunt and honest, I would be dead because I couldn't take it. In my, I guess, cardinal life, I was fighting, but I was fighting a fight with flesh. And I had to realize I can't fight this fight like this. And, and, and I was being reminded. You can't fight their fight. You can't fight like this. God God wants you to only depend on him. When I say it, it was so heavy, it was so heavy on me in the beginning. I was 220 pounds. As I was fighting for myself, when I was fighting by myself, I dropped down to 165 pounds in four months because I wasn't relying on God. I wasn't surrendering it over to, I was trying to fight it and handle it and fix it and pray for it. And my prayers were going unanswered because I was still holding on to what God was saying, let me do it. So that was the moment that, that I had to release. I had to let go of. Wow. It's so true. Like everything we fight, it's not, it really is all spiritual and we have, it's like a have to, it's a have to rely on God. It's so have to Mm -hmm. let him fight your battles for you. Mm -hmm. I would love for you to talk about, say, you know, the people listening, maybe they are doubtful of God, or maybe it's hard for them to trust God to Mm -hmm. come in and to be the hero of their story. What would you, what would you tell that person? We have this saying where um, faith over fear, you are going to be fearful. The more fear you have, the more faith you will rely on. You are going to doubt God because to the eye, to our eyes, this is impossible. This cannot be happening. God can't bring me through this. I must have done something. So you are going to doubt God, but here's what God will do. He'll give you little by little, small little blessings, but you will know it's from God and God alone. And when you realize that it's God doing it for you, more and more of your doubt will go away because God knows us. He knows that we're going to fear. He knows we're going to have doubt. He knows we're going to second guess him. He knows that because we're still human. We're still, we're still dealing with our own flesh. But God said, I only need just a mustard seed. I only need just a little bit. And if you give God just a little bit, he'll give you a whole lot more that that you can receive. And that's what takes the doubt away. 
I, I never thought that I would be able to smile again for, I think, over a year. I doubted everything people told me that God was doing in my life because I was so angry. And that's where your doubt is going to come from. You're upset. I was upset with God. I was upset that he took my mom. I was upset that he took everything that I was putting before him. So I doubted him. But when I realized that those little small blessings and those detours that that saved me from an accident, when he would go before me and at, at my job and he'll put cameras right over my door right before I'm getting accused of something. I say, wait, that was only God who did that. Or when my child would get sick and here we are, we're in the emergency room and I touch a child and I say, God heal. And in the midst of this, the same night we go from having a full asthma attack to running up and down the hills running up and down the hallways of the hospital. So when I realized God was for me, that he heard me, a lot of that doubt goes away. So when you sit with God, he is going to show himself to you. He's going to, he doesn't have to prove himself to you, but he wants you to believe in him. So he's going to show you little by little that I'm here and I got you, girl. <laughs> I got you, guy. And then you can yeah. rely on him even more. And that's what he wants us to do, just lean on him a little bit more. So good. It's so good. And it's so real. Like yeah. that fear will be there and that doubt will be there. But that's the type of God we serve. I love yeah. what you said. And I just want you guys listening to hear this. Like God is for you. God is for yes. you. He is for you. He is for you. And that's just a reminder like that really like I have to remind myself like God is for me. He loves me. He is working all things for my good. And these mm -hmm. aren't opinions. These are facts. This is truth. Yes. Yes. And the enemy is at work at the same time. And he's the, the one single thing he, the enemy doesn't want you to know and to accept as truth is God's love for you and who he created you to be. He's deathly afraid yeah. of you learning that about yourself because yeah. if you don't learn that about yourself, he, he wins. Exactly. I mean, God is so good. Like, all of our rebellion through through everything, he's always there and he's going before us. So I know part of your story is abuse, experiencing abuse. And mm -hmm. it's so crazy. I literally, today, today I heard a story about a woman getting abused by her husband. And it's just like so many women I know and I've experienced um, abuse in my first relationship too. And so many women experience this abuse in their life. How did you get up, you know, tell yourself, girl, get up going through that and living through that to like smiling again, maybe not where you are now, but how'd you go from that low point to, I feel good. Like, I feel like today is a good day. What were the mm -hmm. things that you were doing on a daily basis to get to your, your breakthrough? It was my closet that saved me. Um, <laughs> yeah. I say I hid, I hid so much um, in my closet. With the, with the physical abuse, I actually lost a son. And um, that son is now, we, we call him, his name is Jordan. Um, he was an, and he's our angel. Um, I was going through physical abuse where I was pregnant at the time. 
and that particular spouse, he was always cheating. He was young and we, and we were young at the time. So he was always cheating. But when I would get ready to leave to try to get into a better situation, that's when a little bit of the abuse would start. I would get pinned down to the bed. Um, the second time it was, I would think I was five months pregnant and I was kind of punched in the stomach and I was held down to the bed. Like his hands were like on my chest. And when I finally got up, we were upstairs in the house and he kind of kicked me in the back to go down the stairs. When Jordan was born, I carried him full term, but he was born with a congenital diaphragmatic hernia. He had a hole in his chest. In the middle part of his diaphragm, there was a hole. Everything that was supposed to be in his stomach where I was getting punched was now in his chest. So everything had formed, but it had been pushed up through this small little hole in his diaphragm. And now he was housing his lungs, his small intestines, his large intestines, right there where his heart should have been. And his heart was now pushed over to the other side. And we prayed so hard that night that, we, that he was born. He was born October 20th. And my mom was in the hospital. My husband then was in the hospital. And I, when everybody went to sleep, I went to the NICU. They said he was fine. I always sing the same song to all of my children. Who could imagine a king? And I went in and sung that song to him and told him that I was proud of him. And he opened his eyes and he, he grabbed my little pinky finger. <laughs> he grabbed my little pinky finger and he closed his eyes. And after that, I sung the song to him. And his oxygen got a little bit better, like over like a miraculous time period. His, his, his oxygen got a little bit better and they lifted him up to, to go to Arkansas to have the surgery. Had he made it to Arkansas, they would have just cut his diaphragm open, pushed everything back down and he would have made it. But God had a different plan for him. What should have killed me, Jordan took those blows. Jordan took those incidents. Jordan took that pain and October 21st, when he was airlifted to go get the surgery, he died in the air. And I said, God, just kiss him for me. Just kiss him for me. My husband at the time, he took it really, really hard. My mom was with him and they called me back to the, um, back down to the hospital. They called me in and I just, I just saw a lot of people coming into my room and they said, are you okay? I said, yes, I'm fine. What's going on? And they told me what had happened. I said, I know. I said, God had already told me. So... Every day after that, every year after that, I celebrated October 1st, October 20th, and October 21st. And he's been my reason to survive. My children have been my reason to survive. In 2019, when I saw how it affected my children, I literally didn't have a choice. It was time to get up. It was time to survive because what had already left, what would my kids have if I did not get up? So anything that I could do, any scripture I could have read, any book I could have read, I was in that closet. I was in that corner. I was crying, but I was being cleansed. I was being refreshed. I was being whitened to the point to where when I got up, my girls saw me get up. My son saw me get up. And that was what made me take those first couple of steps. And when your children see you, and they say, mama, you're strong. Mm -hmm. That is God returning back to you what he wanted you to do. And all he needed you to do was get back up. <laughs> That's it. That's it. He said, now you're ready. Now you're ready. Yeah. Wow. What a story. Wow. That's uh, so much to to carry. And, and you 
talking about it as like, you know, you were getting cleansed. I mean, yeah. thank you for sharing that because that is so, wow. Was he your last child that you had? Um, He was my second. Okay, your second. So I've been, I yes, I've had to, I've been married twice, but that was the other part of the wilderness. Like you got through this, but are you going to get through this? So when it, when it started to happen again, it was the first couple of children that have seen this before. I've seen this before. Mom, you can get through this. So when it started to be happen again, that was when I got angry with God. Like, God, how is this happening to me? Didn't I overcome this already? So yeah, that wow. was with my first my first spouse. Wow. I mean, just your kids sound so sweet, like just encouraging you and it's just so beautiful. At where you are now, do you do you fully believe that all of that that you went through was for a purpose? Like, do you fully, because I know it's easy to, to say, but do you like truly feel and believe that it was, you know, it turned out to be for good? It definitely did. It definitely did. If I can shout <laughs> and say, thank you, God, for it all. He only gave me bits and pieces of that, that wilderness. He didn't give it to me all at one time. He allowed me to take on as much as I could and to get to where I am now. And I thank God for that because the world would have just dumped it on you and say, survive. But it, had I not ever sat with God, had I not ever just kind of asked God to just help me, God, I don't know how to get through this. Just please help me. Had I not done that, I would not be where I am. I would not. So yeah. if he's able to take all of that and turn it into all of this, I'm, I, I want him to use it. And I'm I'm no longer ashamed of what I've been through because God said, I'm going to wipe all of that away because there's something I need for you to do. And I always go back now to what he, what he said in 2019, your marriage is going to bless others. In my mind, I needed the marriage, mm. but God said, no, all you need is me. So I've been able to talk to husbands and talk to wives and talk to children and take the journey that I've had and kind of help others to listen to each other, to believe and trust. Don't ever take God out of your relationship because the minute you take God out of the relationship, it, it, it draws a crack in your foundation. But as long as he's there, as long as he's evident, the attacks that come towards you, you're going to be able to get through anything. Because now I'm like, okay, God, you saw that? Okay. <laughs> you saw what they did, God? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Making sure you see it. Okay. And this is how I'm responding. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so funny. Oh my gosh. That's so, it's, it's such a beautiful testimony, such a beautiful testimony and you being in freedom. What would you say? Cause say for people, you know, of course I totally recommend getting the book. It's like six bucks on Amazon and maybe even creating like a small group with some friends and really going through it. I mean, it's, it's truly amazing. What was your turning point for you or what was the biggest thing that you got from freedom that helped you move past it that second time or to get over to the other side? Oh my goodness. That was a godsend. The transparency in that group the evidence that she used in that group, that was remarkable to say the least. I would recommend freedom to anyone, not just for 
anyone going through something, if you get caught into just not really knowing how to forgive yourself, how to forgive the next person, that's a really good organization to just even start a life group at home. And that's what we plan to do is just start a life group here at the house um, and just welcome other people in. I don't think I would be the same had I not reached out to freedom. It's like, if you have your favorite cake, freedom was just like the icing on the cake. It, it had yeah. it had to cover up everything, all the ingredients that that God was putting in the midst of you, letting you hear that you're not by yourself, letting you see that you're not by yourself. But the realness of life, the realness of the fruit of life, and the the other tree. So you have to kind of you have to kind of balance life out, and that was what freedom did. It gave me that balance because I was just about to break, and that was the second break. I was I was so close to breaking and giving up. And just throwing in the towel. And God said, no, I have something else for you. I'm going to now equip you with something more. And believe it or not, when I walked in the very first day, the young lady that that speaks to us at the end, she said something to me. And I, I walked in broken. I walked in hurt. I walked in. I wasn't crying, but it was just all over my all over my body that I was just tired and ready to give up. And she said, you have prophecy over you. You have a gift over you that you're not using. And she said, the next the next eight weeks, you're going to be equipped with something and you're going to have to go out and use it. So I'm telling you, like, it was a godsend to be in that organization. And this is the last part of it. This is this is the, the, the brief <laughs> after freedom. And then we go to the conference next week. So I recommend yeah. it. I recommend it all. Yeah. Yeah. And don't cover up, don't cover up your journeys. And that's like the worst thing I could have done. Sometimes your journey, um, the Israelites, it took them 40 years to do what God wanted them to do, which should have taken 40 days. The more you try to cover up and fight things on your own, it makes it longer than what you really have to. And I wouldn't suggest that. So when it's time, you'll know, but get equipped with what you need to get equipped with and fight with God. Yeah. Very well said. It's that community piece, you know, being around people who are just real and who will walk with you, who will pray over you and who will speak life into you. Like there's such a difference I've noticed with different friends that I've had or people. It's like people who are walking closely with the Lord. When I speak to them, I feel lighter and I feel excited and, and encouraged. And it's like other conversations, it's just draining. So really audit your community and get around people who can equip you and who can walk through the journey with you. You don't have to walk through it alone. Like, yes, God is with you. He also right. wants you to surround yourself with other people. And like now with everything that you've walked through, you're able to help other people and, and actually relate with them as they're walking through it. And I think that's the beautiful part. That's really what it's all about. Mm -hmm. To close up here, I just want to ask you a fun question. We can end on a light note. <laughs> but first, I'm just like so proud of you. And I'm just thank you for sharing everything that you've shared. I mean, it's so beautiful just to just to see you now. You, you truly are a light and your smile is contagious. What accomplishments are you most proud of or accomplishment are you most proud of and why? Oh, my. Um, I don't even think it's an accomplishment. When I was 13, I was told that because I had scoliosis, that I would not be able to carry a child, that I would not be able to play sports. <laughs> now, even though I have my doctorate degree, I have multiple degrees, and I have just experience in what I do, um, I've published a book, but I think my greatest accomplishment was giving birth. And, and I know that's like cliche, 
but I'm a mom <laughs> and I'm a mom three different times. And, um, that's, that's an accomplishment for me. Cause like I said, I'm an introvert. So how did that happen? <laughs> um, and even though I would not play sports, I have, I have coached now a, a tennis team that has won three championships. So it's like, that's, that's like when someone speaks death over you and you just go out there and you live and just crush everything they say about you. Like I'm a mom. I thought at first I said, God, you playing, like you're playing real bad. <laughs> But he did it again and again and again. So I am, I'm, I'm, that's my greatest accomplishment in watching my kids. Oh my God. Watching my kids, even in their bad times, their good times, their sorrows, the lessons that I see them learning, it's, it's still a breath of fresh air for me because my son said something the other day. He was like, Mom, everything we go through is in the Bible already. You know how proud that made me? <laughs> I bet, yes. <laughs> It's like, yeah. So if you keep reading, you know, tell you how to get through that thing, son, like keep going. So yeah, that is my, that is my greatest accomplishment is just being a mom. Being mom. I love it. It's so amazing. I can tell you're a great mom. Oh, I just want to thank you so much for this conversation. It was so rich and so real. And I just thank you for being here, just your presence and just sharing your story and sharing how you overcame things and giving, you know, the listeners some tangibles and letting them know like it's time to get up and that God has your back and he's for you. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's bring it in. Giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of Bob. Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast, and you know what? You just deserve it. The reviews and subscriptions mean a lot to me, so if you love today's episode, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any other episodes. Also, I'd love to hear your takeaways, so feel free to screenshot this episode, put it in your stories, and tag me at Blackouts to Breakthroughs on Instagram with your biggest takeaways so I can connect with you and reshare your post. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, friend.